Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I finally get to sit down and uh, interview Dominic Borgia. And did I say it right? Yeah, you did. Awesome. I know I don't spell it right, and <laughs> I don't know why I keep doing that, man. But uh, help me out here. Like, how do how do I how am I missing your name here? You know, it, everybody spells it without the K. It's just a common way of spelling it. I've been called Dominique, Dominic. Everyone spells it all different ways. And honestly, I know you're trying to say my name, so I get it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's close enough, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, I mean, shoot, I wanted to interview back in, what, like October when we did the uh, the Worlds recap, and I knew I this would be one I wanted to pocket for later. And um, if you guys have listened to the Dodgeball Tribune recap at this point that I launched Wednesday, um, you can tell I'm still trying to get the cobwebs off. But, uh, man, you've got so much to to share. Um, I just want to dive right in, man. Um, let's just start with, uh, what got you into dodgeball? Let's just, yeah, start from the beginning. Oh, uh, I'm probably one of those people who got into dodgeball because of the movie. Um, you know, I played kickball and kickball just was never enough of a workout or an exercise or anything for me. And then I got into dodgeball and I actually played like my first tournament per se was actually a, radio hosted tournament in fort lauderdale well west palm beach and it was foam which i don't like foam sure that'll uh yes get out at some point more to my army yeah uh and i actually so it was a six on six tournament you had to have just like co-ed you had to have two women and four guys and my team i only had four guys and then they had one woman free agent so the entire tournament we played with five people. Everyone else had six. Hmm. And um, we ended up coming in second. I was the last man on. And, you know, coming out, if you when you're in Florida and you're standing outside in a skate park and it's hot, you just, by the end of the day, like I couldn't see where the balls were coming on, who was on the court. And I tried to catch and it was just bad. Yeah, I think... Uh... I'm trying to realize like the humidity must have been a pretty bad deal. Oh yeah. Um, so you said 2000, I mean, okay. So you said the movie, so that has to have at least been 2004. Yeah. I actually, uh, I'm trying to think if I wrote down the exact date. Let's see here. No, I didn't write down the date. I actually found the footage when I was going through a hard drive looking for, um, looking for stuff. I actually found the footage I could probably go on YouTube really quick. Let's see if I could find it so I can give you an exact date. Um, let's see. Buzz Dodgeball Tournaments. So it was 10 years ago. So, or 11 years ago. So 2008. Okay. So this wasn't uh, like immediately after the movie. It was just one of like the... I guess flashier terms that you played. You said it was like radio hosted. Yeah. Okay. So did they um, like were there like DJs there and they were just kind of commentating oh, yeah. as the event was happening? Yeah, pretty much. And they had like the first prize was a uh, was like a trophy was a jock strap. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you know they they poke, they poke fun at it. it. It looks like it was eleven years ago. So okay. You know that's that's a while ago. That's probably they did it. They, I think they ended up doing the tournament three years and. I played in two of the three. Okay. That's probably something I'll have to submit to uh, Bill's uh, dodgeball database because I think he's just collecting anything and everything that has to do with dodgeball. And if you got footage, um, 
That's awesome. It helps build the timeline. And I do want to go back further, though, because you said the the movie kind of got you interested. So did you play back in 2004 prior to this Uh, tournament? I did did not. Was it just kind of... We didn't have... So a lot of people don't know. We, We don't really... We didn't really have dodgeball in Florida. It's just not a thing. Right. And so when I had moved back to Florida after leaving California, and I want to say 2014, 2015, like dodgeball, like there was a league, it was called Joymo. But other than that, dodgeball was virtually non-existent. I can't imagine that. That's rough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of crazy to think now that like dodgeball's growing. I know Clay and the Geos are all like trying to help Florida grow. Um, they do an open uh, gym in Tampa. There's a, now the league that I helped start in Florida now has like eight people, eight teams in it. I should say. Nice. And you know, it started. We barely had three teams. I did a charity tournament for my friend to try and raise money, and I because I had friends playing already. I barely had four teams. So you had to. So it, it was really hard. I learned the hard way. You had to conscript your friends into into service and get them to play. Essentially. So does it have uh, this league? Does it have eight teams now? Like this is what you where do you run? Like. So when I was there, so I passed it off. I passed the buck to one of the other guys, and gotcha. so currently I think there's seven teams. It's called Red Ball. Okay. Uh, down in Fort Lauderdale, they play on Wednesdays. Jesse. Uh, from the West Coast, she actually moved to uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale area, and she plays in that league. Okay, that's awesome, man. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't wait to get into the whole film aspect of what you're contributing to the sport, but to be able to actually bring dodgeball into the fray yourself to help it grow—that's really cool, man. Um, yeah, it, that's not it easy. Was really awesome. No, yeah. I, I, it definitely wasn't. We actually—I will say to anyone who's, you know doing their own league or anyone who's trying to get a league started meetup.com was very very helpful um we used it a lot and we use it up here in new york all the time so anyone who's trying to help build a league we offer up here in new york i play with sandlot and we offer like open gym and if it's free for the first time you know now in red ball i don't think they do free i think they do one night so like we do one night before the league starts where it's free and we post it on meetup and we get tons of people. So that's awesome. Yeah. We actually, we actually don't even play on a bas- on a basketball court. We played on turf, played an indoor <sighs> soccer field. I've done that before. It's fun. Yeah. Let me tell you sliding on that's way more comfortable than uh, a basketball court. Yeah. I would, I would think so. Um, just because it's just, uh, it's turf and a little easier on the body. You can do a little more crazier acrobatic moves and diving and all that good stuff. But, um, so let me, uh, when did you first start playing dodgeball? Was this 2008 then? Like that was the first experience. Yeah. That's probably my first like big experience. I played those tournaments. I played on a cruise, like Royal Caribbean does dodgeball on their cruises. Heard about and this then after cruise. that, I didn't really play dodgeball until I moved to Los Angeles. Okay. Um, well, real quick, so like, you saw the movie, you thought it was interesting. Uh, did that just make you want to play, or did you kind of just like put that in the back of your mind and say someday? Like, what was? 
I actually like. I think I googled it <clears throat> to see if there was any dodgeball leagues, and I couldn't find anything. Right. Um, the only thing I ever found was like kickball leagues. Gotcha. And you're saying yeah. those weren't really like active enough for you, or interesting enough? Yeah, I you know I liked kickball, but it wasn't my thing. Like I, you don't get that activity level because when you're in the outfield, you're just standing there, and it's like, all right, I'm gonna just stand here, wait for something to happen. You know, you get to kick. And if there's a big team like Waka, they have a lot of big teams with like 20 players on them. You don't, you don't get that time. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's like baseball too, unless you're pitching or batting, you're just kind of waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Yeah. At least with kickball, you can kind of drink while you play. It's like the only saving grace. <laughs> um, well, I, I kind of like, just kind of take me what, what was going on through your mind. So, you, like, you actually you go to this radio tournament, you play dodgeball. I mean, what did that feel like? Was it just pure bliss? Oh, was it? I mean, it was it was really exciting. And you know, back <clears throat> then, I think I understood the game uh, more than most of the people at that tournament because even back then, I comprehended that you have to throw together as a team, you have to work together as a team because there were some big guys throwing like huge muscular guys. Like one guy they he was prided on the fact that they could throw really hard. And I told my guys, I remember specifically telling them like, guys, just because they could throw hard doesn't mean a thing. Right. And, um, we ended up, you know, getting second, which, which was pretty awesome. So, yeah. Cause that, so you're, you're, you I mean, you're taking me back to, um, and I don't know if you've heard any of the OG episodes, but like we talk about how chaotic dodgeball was and how like, most of the time is all about, Hey, let's just throw as hard as we can and hit people. And, and, you know, now, you know, post maybe 2012 at best, you see strategy, you see more tactics and you see like more of a rhythm towards the game. Um, but for, for being able to hop on for your first time and, and kind of acknowledge that from the get go back then, that that's pretty impressive, man. Um, yeah. And, and here's one thing to note, which I, I forgot to mention that tournament had a, if you catch the ball, the player's out, but nobody comes back in. Huh. So no regeneration? Yeah, no regeneration. It was you either get them out or you don't. That's awesome. So, what? I mean, was it just like the exhilaration of people throwing crap at you, or was it like a team dynamic? Uh, have you played sports before? Like, what, what hooked you? So I... I played a little bit of team sports. I didn't really grow up playing sports. I grew up a huge wrestling fan hmm. and you know, I wrestled my senior year of high school. I played little league when I was a kid, but I wasn't an athlete. I was a little fat kid who played video games and you know, I never played sports. I didn't have the athletic ability and you know, I really enjoyed playing dodgeball and kickball. I think I really fell in love with the sport when I moved to Los Angeles. Gotcha. So this, so like your experience in Florida got you really interested and then Los Angeles like solidified that for you then? Is that fair oh, to say? Oh, 100%. 100%. I <clears throat> have to ask, man, who who is your favorite wrestler? Or who is your hands favorite? Down, hands down, The Undertaker. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I, he's all right. I mean, I, I had a brief phase of where I watched uh, wrestling in freshman year of high school and I got kind of sucked into it and I liked The Rock, Triple H, and all that crap that was going on between Undertaker and Kane, but uh, we'll have to discuss that another time. This is about yeah. dodgeball. <laughs> I could talk about wrestling for hours. Yeah, so. <laughs> let's just talk about wrestling now. Let's forget the rest of the <laughs> podcast. 
Um, all right. Well, let's talk about um, let's talk about LA then. So, so what really solidified uh, dodgeball for you then? And oh, what man. what brought you out there and, and when? Like time wise, time yeah, time. Oh, give so me timeline. I finished. I went through college. You know, I worked my way through college, and I finished in 2010 and packed up my things and moved from uh, Florida to LA. And I actually worked retail, so I was working like seven days a week. And then one day. I realized I had Mondays off and I found out about uh, WDS. And so I played on Monday nights. My first team ever was the Dodge Fathers. And I realized I was actually good at a sport. And I was like, wow, I, I'm actually good at this. And, you know, after that, I joined uh, Throwbow Cops. Pew, pew. <laughs> and, uh, you know, shout out to, you know, them and, the captain was Jonathan Whipple and you know, he really, he really got me into it and really like taught me some of the aspect of the game that I didn't quite understand and know. And you know, that really took me to like, all right, I really enjoy this. And yeah, I just kept, I got hooked. I got hooked at one point when I was in LA, I was playing four nights a week and I was like, Oh my God, I'm exhausted. God, you hear about those days and like, cause, cause we, we would go, you know, play, in vegas and we'd run into the la guys and like oh yeah you know we, we can play dodgeball every night of the week and being young back then i was so jealous of that but like ah the thought of that just kind of makes me cringe a little bit <laughs> just, just oh some... i i wish i would have gotten started in elite and playing more competitive when i was younger because my knees are done you know i gotta i gotta be like uh surge and uh, Vince, where I've heard both of them say in, I believe, your podcast that they both have to change their style because they want to protect their knees. They have families. You know, I really need to learn to adapt myself on that. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, Serge definitely talked about that. Haven't had Vince on yet, but um, I mean, it's just, um, like you said, you got to think about preservation. You want to be able to play next week, so you can't go, can't go ballistic like some of these young kids do. Um, yeah, definitely. So, okay, so that makes sense. So you, because I, you know, I, I don't want to say I didn't know you until recently, uh, but it, for me, it just appeared. It seems like you appeared on my radar um, last year with with filming, and I think we kind of talked just a little bit um, when you're talking about your like your documentary. But it sounds like you have more of a LA background than you do Florida. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, as, well, when it comes to playing dodgeball, right. yeah. <clears throat> gotcha. Um, and Throbocop. I mean, I've heard that team name before a few times um do they play in any of the like the national dodgeball league tournaments or um i think they brought a team once or twice um but i don't i don't think so they may have gone out to sin city once or twice they were so most of that team when they played elite was uh valhalla okay a lot of those guys with with uh david tates back when he was on that team yeah david christina wong carly the Whipples, um, Cliff, Cliff Ferry, what? Uh, Ferry, Cliff Ferry. I believe so. I believe that's his last name. Okay, He's, his name has been popping up a lot lately. And and Joe Grant was on that team. Sergio Leon was on that team. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is what 2014, 15 ish. Yeah, I want. I played. So I moved from LA in 2014. So this is probably 2013, 2014, where I'm really getting into dodgeball. Gotcha. And uh, 
I didn't actually, and right before I left was definitely 2014. Uh, I, this is how I got and learned about Elite. Um, I played WeHo 8.5 with Jake Mason. Nice. And I remember it was tournament style, and I remember seeing Vince and a lot of the Elite, like Doom and a lot of the Elite players uh, playing off to the other court. And I want to say Jonathan was telling me about the elite players, how they can get hit in the face. And like that always like intimidated me. And I just really enjoyed playing the 8.5 in that WeHo league, which I don't even think Jake does the WeHo 8.5. I, I can't remember the last time if at, if at all he did 8.5. Yeah. I don't think he does. I think, I think that's when like, and I'll tell you when I played, I played one season or I, I subbed a couple times in WeHo and I was a little intimidated because they, they could throw really hard and there was people getting hit in the face. And I was like, wow, like it was a big adjustment for me right. going from the rec level up to that. Like I felt like the next level. Gotcha. But you still, um, you said you, you're still kind of drawn to elite though. Like you still participated. Oh yeah. So I, uh, after I'd moved to Florida, uh, I talked to Lisa, I want to say Rhinebacker is her name. Right, Reisenbacher? Yeah, Reisen, yeah. And so I ended up playing on her team my first three elite seasons, which was, I want to say, New Orleans, Nationals, Boston. I want to say there was another one. Um, is Vegas, Vegas, New Orleans, Boston. Uh, it was just now. Minnesota? No. Minneapolis. Uh Maybe it was before, was... and I just I remember we didn't go to we didn't go to nationals. I see. But I had played I had played three seasons with them, and then I went to nationals. My first nationals was actually Boston last year. Okay. So I'm still relatively new to elite in general. Gotcha. Yeah, this, this is bothering me. Let me let me think for a second. So 2014, Vegas. 15 was Vegas. 16. I want to say it was also Vegas. No, 16 was New Orleans. 17 was Boston and 18 was Minneapolis. Okay. I, that's just for my own sanity. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, no, no worries. Um, okay. Well, so let's go back. So, I mean, you said you were, you're kind of intimidated by these players. Then you got to actually hop on elite. Like what, what drew you to it? Like what made you overcome that fear and decide like, no, this is where I want to be now. This is where I want to compete. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just remember enjoying it. And, you know, I, I want to say my first major elite headshot was I had traveled to Chicago. And I don't even remember where they played, but I remember traveling to Chicago. And the first game I played in, I got pelted right in the face mm. uh, with a dodgeball. And, like, my glasses snapped in half because that was before it was recommended you have, uh, you know, goggles or goggles and stuff protective eyewear and i had to use like finger tape and glue to piece that all together um oh i know when i played dodger hold on let me look this up let me see if i could find it my first elite tournament was when elite tried to expand to the southeast hmm. i met that was my first ever elite experience i met glenn Team Davis, 
uh, Dodgetronic, Benny, and a lot of players there. Sergio Leon actually flew out from California to go up to Jacksonville. It was in Jacksonville and play in Jacksonville. Hmm. Talking about Dodgetronic Supersonic with Ben McCoy? Yes. <laughs> and we were talking to him, I think, during the first South recap. Um, got to know some, some teams and personalities uh, during that time. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that they tried mm. for the Southeast, but it was hard. I think I vague, vaguely recall something like that. And I mean, I'm good with four regions right now. I think a uh, little segue. I think if there's going to be another region pop up, I would say it's the Pacific Northwest. How about you? Yeah, I would agree. I would definitely agree. I mean, the the West is the West has a lot of players and teams. Yeah, we're a little little saturated, but um, maybe we can table that for uh, another portion of the interview don't want to get too far off um yeah so i, I think you sorry if you said it already but what what teams did you play for um in elite so we changed our name like three times okay <laughs> so my last team that i played <clears throat> for in boston was uh mid-atlantic mayhem mid-atlantic mayhem okay yeah I'll have to maybe I'll have to see pictures of that. I'll bet, and this always happens. If I saw like pictures back in the day, like oh, I, okay, I know exactly what you're talking about, or I remember that jersey or that that look. So, um, did you ever get into uh, trampoline uh, dodgeball at all or UDC? So the guys in Fort Lauderdale, they um, I want to say 2015, 2016, they really wanted to. Um, go and play trampoline and they didn't have enough teams and they begged me to help bring a team so that they could qualify. We brought a team. I absolutely hated trampoline. My knees don't like it and I get really nauseous on that thing. I don't know why I am not, I am not skilled at trampolines. And so I went, I helped them qualify and then they didn't even go to the tournament. So that kind of annoyed me. After all that, yeah. After all that, I was like, "You jerks!" After I sacrificed my body for you, this is what I didn't want to do. <clears throat> um, so this this is a new question. I just realized, uh, kind of going through the, the notes, and since we're trying to focus, I'm, I'm trying really hard not to veer off into other stuff. So, oh, it's okay. Um, what um, do you, do you have like a significance in, in number? Just out of curiosity, like, what was your number? What is your number, and why? Uh. My number is 82, just because it was the year I was born. That's fair. The other number I use is, is 28, my birthday. Nice. Nothing exciting with my numbers. My nickname, however, is different. But uh, What is your nickname? Uh, my nickname is The Pope. Uh, Jonathan Whipple actually nicknamed me that because he was actually collecting nicknames from all the players to get us like jerseys. And I'm like, I don't have a nickname. He goes, your last name's Borgia. We're going to call you The Pope. And I'm like, all right, I like that because my family history has, you know, a pope in it and, you know, very evil side to the family. And I was like, all right, I like that. <laughs> so there's a there was a Pope Borgia once upon a time. Yeah, it, there's wow. actually a Showtime show or there was about the Borgia family because uh, ancestors like poisoned people for power and all nice. this really crazy stuff. Which is uh, you don't you don't you don't express any of those traits, do you? No, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. Um, yeah. Well, let, let's get into uh, your strategy then. Um, 
how would you define your style of play um, when you're playing elite and like what would you consider yourself like a defensive player, offensive, catcher? I would probably say I'm more of a catcher and uh, I'll stand in front of the ball so you don't get hit. You know, like a self-sacrificed. Like a I was gonna say like a tank, you just like absorb all the all the damage for your for your teammates. Pretty much. Like if there's a stronger player on their team on the team, I'll take the out to keep them alive. Gotcha. So you're more in it for like the team aspect and Oh, definitely. Literally willing to take one for the team. Yeah, definitely. What, what if it's uh like Pyan throwing at you or Vince? I mean <laughs> I actually don't remember oh uh, no, I did play against Vince. Vince didn't kill us, thankfully. When I was in Boston, I remember playing and we actually were super excited. It was co ed and we actually got one day game on Doom and like Vince knew that we literally were a brand new team so he didn't like kill us was, and so he good, went man. easy on us and we managed to to get one off of, out of them um but he didn't peg us too hard thank god for that yeah that, that's kind of events for listening um yeah <laughs> so, i've gotten a face shot from billy schmidt though yeah he'll do that and i wonder that, that hurts i wonder if uh, if it's like intentional or if it's just because he's like nine feet tall and he can't help oh. it like Honestly, I think it was because he was nine feet tall. Yeah, I think for most of us, he's just aiming for what he thinks is our knees, but it's actually, you know, neck level and above. Or yeah. he's just a mean person. It could be both. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, he just reminded me of a question. I was about to lose it, and I got it back. Oh, no. What is your favorite style of ball then? So you said you hated foam, which is the right answer. So foam is my least favorite. <clears throat> what's your My, what's... my favorite's 8.5. I love 8.5. Good man. And then I like the the type that nobody likes. You're gonna say I cloth, aren't you? Yeah. I love cloth. All right, I get, it's well, fun. What? Uh, and, and I'm glad you. I'm actually glad you brought that up because I completely spaced the fact that you just came back from an international tournament. What about a month ago? Yeah, in the beginning of January. Actually, literally a month ago from now. Let's talk about that a little bit. So, what was that? What was the team name? It was it was DNA, right? DNA. Dodgeball North America. Correct. Pretty awesome acronym. Um, I don't know if you have from the from the uh, fan requested uh, questions, but one of my teammates actually said, "Oh, it was Quack, which is Jeremy." He said, uh, "When people see you on the street, why do they yell gonads?" Uh, I was wondering about that, and I was wondering if so, I was going to have to edit that. So originally, <laughs> the team was. Uh, North American dodgeball because we had some Canadian players. We had um, we had some of us from the U.S. and so we didn't want to just be U.S. Right. And you know we're the unofficial. We were definitely the unofficial team, and I didn't want anybody to be like, "Oh, are you U.S. dodgeball? Are you USA dodgeball?" I do not want any controversy. I tried to stay all away from that. So. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. They were very excited to have players from the states come over and play their style of dodgeball. And so, what was this tournament exactly? Was it like an invitational? Like what? Uh... Well, it's it's the British Open. It's basically an invitational that all of the their club they're called clubs over there. They actually don't have leagues like we do here. Huh. They have clubs. And so the club is essentially a team. So say Rise was a club. They would have 
multiple teams within their club. So it'd be rise one, rise two, rise three. Okay. And as you progressed, you'd get moved up to the different teams. I see. So like they have like their A squad, their B squad, and like their C squad, so to speak, or correct. <clears throat> That's kind of cool. I mean, yeah, it was it was very different. Yeah, I feel like that's that's kind of how. So when I ran Tucson dodgeball, like you know, we had like Team Evil, like we were like the best, and then we had um, Rock and Rollers, which was like close second, and then we had a couple of like off shot teams. Um, but it, it was kind of like the same mentality, like it was like a feeder system, and we could have just been very easily called Club Tucson. So I could I could see um, a lot of really cool factors about that, but. Um, so how, how did you guys get in? Like, did you have to be invited and, and was it a captain or, cause it seemed like it was a, an assembly of, of players, right? From all over. Yeah, it, it was an assembly. So originally I was talking to clay, um, about going and then he unfortunately couldn't go. This clay Austin. So like, well, yeah. Okay. Clay Austin. Got it. So I was like, well, I still want to go. So I was talking to, um, some players up here and some Canadian players at the, us worlds in madison square garden i was like oh hey who wants to go to you know these british open i'd love to include this in my documentary and i just players couldn't go they kept trying to get in i kept trying to feed people uh tyler underwood was probably one of the only people who said yes in the beginning and stayed on that team because i went through a lot of players saying you know it's expensive it's a dodgeball is an expensive sport which people don't understand um, because of like the traveling and right. you know going to England for multiple days just to play one day of dodgeball is not easy feat for everybody so you know I basically just got a hodgepodge of people I reached out to um, Katie in Canada and she had some players and we just all joined forces and made a team that's awesome and I just basically emailed them and said, hey, we want to come play in your tournament. Can we do it? And they're like, yeah, come on over. Nice. Some, yeah. Some goodwill there. Um, so did they use uh, the same rule set and same style of play that was used uh, during WDS, the World Cup? Uh, yeah, the WDA. They oh, pretty WDA, much, I'm sorry. It's okay. I knew what you meant. Um. I, I believe, yeah, it was pretty much the same rule set. So you had group play, which okay. had five teams. Um, you played each team once. Matches were, I want to say, eight minutes. Hmm. And you had to, like, switch sides. So it's very quick games. Two points for a win, one point for a tie, zero for a loss. And, you know, if you place in the top two, you go to tier bracket one if you place three and four you go to tier bracket two if you get fifth you play one other fifth place team and then you're done for the day hmm. how, how do you tie how's that work so it's based on points they don't really have an overtime not until they have playoffs okay so if you win the same amount of games it's a draw or if there's the same amount of players on the court it's a draw So would each team get a point then if they? Yeah. Okay. That's funny. I'm I'm so used. Their their style is very, very fast. Right. 
That's what Rob was saying. He says he he says that he loves that kind of play. And is it is it like the ball that makes it fast, or is it just like the court dimensions or timing? Because their matches aren't able to go more than three minutes, and you want to get as many wins as humanly possible. So you just the movement is just way more fluid and fast. Whereas elite, it's best of three. There's no time limit. Right. You can be strategic. You can take your time. You don't have to rush. There's a clock counting down, and you have to finish within this time. Otherwise, you're not going to get any points. I see. So there's a lot more like run and gun, just go crazy, throw, 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 throw kind of kind of um, strategy. I would say, yes, essentially. Okay. I'm okay. actually working on editing. Um, I'm, I'm working on editing my GoPro footage to post that. I posted all my Sin City footage, um, but I'm working on posting the British Open footage. That's gonna be cool to watch. Yeah. So what? Uh, what? What about the evil, terrible cloth ball? Do you like so much? It's easy to catch. Really? I feel it's easy to catch. Okay. I've and people had... don't throw it as hard. At least <clears throat> the people that we played against didn't throw it as hard. You know. Yeah, I mean that the thing is like. Unless you have crazy, you know, monster hands, I I don't know too many people that can actually grip that thing to actually throw it like they would um, a regular size ball. Are you uh like, like how do you throw it? Like, do you cup it? Are you able to grip it? Or uh, I could barely grip it. I actually got a couple of people out with throwing, which I was kind of impressed with myself because <laughs> that's not my natural, you know, state of dodgeball. Right. Um. But yeah, I I kind of like palm it versus grip it right okay yeah we so we used to without nerding too much um so there used to be the international dodgeball federation that used a ball just like that and it, we somehow back in our old school lawless tucson dodgeball days we had a ball similar to it it was a uh, basically a, a, a what do you call it a hydro volleyball a water volleyball Okay. And um, same same coat, same sleek fill, and we called it the ball of shame. And I, I know I've said this in like a previous episode way back, but I just I want to just reiterate like how much I hate this ball. We called the ball of shame because it was so hard for anybody to throw that if you got hit out by it, you were just a bad person, like you were terrible. <laughs> and everyone saw when it would happen. So like if I got hit, everyone would just like look at me and just just yell shame, and it was. <laughs> It was fun. I mean, it made it made for the nights be a lot more funner. But I just remember like just hating that thing. And then when I saw that uh, some organizations actually utilize that kind of ball, I was like, oh, oh god, it's flashbacks. But um, <laughs> it's I mean, those were you know a bunch of kids playing dodgeball. Like we had no idea what we were doing back then. To see and think of um, today's dodgeball athlete utilizing that ball, I'm really curious now to, to watch that footage and see what what can be done with it and like how fast can it be thrown? What kind of, what do the catches look like? Um, and how many of them are there uh, on the court? I believe there was five balls on the court and it was six players. Five balls of shame being thrown at you. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say, uh, Colin, uh, from space cadets and I have talked about doing a tournament with the cloth ball out of the East. I think I've, I've seen musings of that on Facebook already. (laughs) <laughs> uh well you guys propagating the terrible balls but i mean at the I same know. time that's kind of cool I, i'm pretty sure some people would want to travel and, and and give it a go and and see um what it's about i mean like i said i'm already curious to watch some footage and 
and whatnot. And um, I, I do want to kind of get into um, footage and documentaries and stuff. Before I do, I do want to ask. Um, so, I mean, you spent a good deal amount of time watching, you know, American dodgeball with all the elite tournaments and, and whatnot. Um, what was it like watching an all European event? Like, was it different? Like, what was that like? It was, it was, it was different. It was, um, you know, it was run very specific on timing and, I don't know. It just seemed it just had a different feel and vibe to it. Maybe because like I've never seen it before, but it definitely had a different vibe to it. And I thought I was like, wow, we only play four games and then we go to playoffs. Hmm. That was strange. So we finished two and two in bracket play or in group play. And we got third, which was way better than I thought we were going to do because it's not our style of play. Right. Um, and so I was like, okay, so we get to go to another bracket and the bracket was just third and fourth place teams. And we actually tied for, we tied for third, which was pretty awesome. Um, so I think overall we played six games, which round Robin with any elite game is six. Round Robin with any know. elite game is six. Sorry. Any, any like round Robin, you're going to play at least six games. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least, I mean, Mark is trying to kill people now, so we'll play a lot more than six. Yeah. <clears throat> so, like, playing that few games, and, like, it spanned the whole day. I was like, huh, this is weird. We played 16-minute games, and I only played, like, four games, and the tur- day's almost over. Were you, were you tired? Like, do you feel like you got your money's worth, so to speak, or was it just I kind of a... I, I definitely got my money's worth, but it was also the first tournament that I really had played in since coming back from being hurt. And so I wasn't sure how I was going to feel physically. Gotcha. Uh, that's just, and this was a, it was a single day tournament, right? Single all, day. All in one day. It, well, that's not true. It was a two day. The second day was women and juniors. Juniors. Yeah. So they have, they have a lot more of a youth leagues than we do. That's the they key. Have, I want to say they had two or three youth, youth divisions. Wow. And they had women's. Yeah, I mean, that, those youths are going to grow up to be the youths of elite dodgeball now. I mean, they're, that's that's important. And we're always looking at, like, hey, what's going to grow the sport? And the fact that they've got um, a couple of youth divisions, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, was it, did you watch any of those games, like, seeing these kids trying to play not. dodgeball? I did not. I did not. I actually went back to London after uh, after our div- our round. Gotcha. Yeah, watching kids play dodgeball cracks me up, man. They're <laughs> yeah, they weren't playing. So the women played earlier in the morning, and then the kids played in the afternoon. Right. If the kids had played in the morning, I probably would have went over there for a bit to watch because I wanted to see the kids play, but I had to catch my train. So gotcha. Huh. And um. I was going to say, I wanted to ask you about just your time. Was this, was this your first time in Europe? It was actually my first time. I had only other place I'd been was Dublin um, for like a weekend. That was Sin City last year. I went to Dublin instead. Um, huh. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, you never really think about like where dodgeball will take you. Um, oops. Let alone, um, 
like internationally, like I, I'm pretty surprised where I've gone to play dodgeball. Um, you know, Boston, New Orleans, um, Minneapolis. I always figured I'd go there at some point on my own, but uh, don't know if I'll see myself going international anytime soon. But that's gonna be a pretty cool adventure. Just checking Definitely. out Europe and playing some D ball and meeting people, and um, that's really cool. Um, yeah, a manual from. <laughs> forget which country team it is i'm sorry manual he uh actually does outcast. what's called the outcast yeah yep he, so he told me about the german beach tournament yep and i'm really intrigued and i kind of really want to go to that yeah it's funny because as i was saying i don't know if i'd ever go anytime soon i just remembered rob telling me about that tournament and how awesome that sounded so i mean maybe i might be going sooner than later because yeah that you just hear like the passion and excitement in his voice when he talked about his experience there and seeing, um, I think it was my, uh, Glenn Tabay, uh, former friend or former old friend of mine. Um, and Emmanuel, I think it is it Emmanuel Tan. Yeah. Last name? Yeah. Seeing them play and seeing those pictures, like it looks like a blast. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's on my bucket list now. It's official. Um, I wanted to ask one more thing about the international scene, but I think we can probably get into it um, when we talk about the documentary. But I did want to ask, um, so you mentioned like you, you you had an injury, and if I recall correctly, like you, you've got some pretty gnarly like knee injuries that you're recovering from or just experienced throughout your dodgeball career, or can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so um, my first <clears throat> knee injury was playing kickball. I tore my right Jeez. ACL and meniscus. And then um, last year after Boston, I was playing cloth rec league in New York and I jumped and I landed wrong and Ugh. tore the ACL. As soon as I fell, I knew I was like, oh, that's the ACL meniscus. That's done. Ugh. You know, went to the hospital and, you know, I instantly, they, they didn't tell me like, oh, well, we don't see anything in the x-rays. You know, but I knew. I knew as soon as I hit the ground, I knew what it was. Is that just because of your your first injury? Like you already knew that sensation, and yeah. Oh. And has that uh, has that hindered your ability to play now, or has it slowed you down at all? Or are you on the recovery? Or so I want to say I'm at like ninety ninety five percent. You know, I think the arthritis you know kills me now because the doctor after going in, he's like, oh yeah, by the way, you have arthritis. I'm like, great. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it makes me a little bit more nervous because I traditionally like to like drop to my knees, um, to try and catch the ball. Right. And now I'm a little bit more hesitant to do it. So I actually wear two layers of knee pads because of it, because I'm afraid of like hurting my knee again. And, you know, I'm a lot more cautious Right, that's what you're saying earlier. Like you're a little more um, reserved and maybe a little more deliberate than when you used to be because of the the injuries and trying to preserve yourself. Yeah, gotcha. And you know, I'm also in the the fit club with you because you know they say when you have knee injuries, for every like certain number of pounds that you lose, it's like for one pound, it's seven pounds of pressure off of your knee. So I've always been a big guy, and at one point I was I was down i want to say right before nationals i was at like 250 and you know after getting hurt i like skyrocketed because getting back into that groove and exercising you know you're worried about your knee buckling or giving out and it's just it's a big mental game and right now i have not been winning that mental game 
Yeah, I uh, I couldn't even imagine. Like I've at worst knocking on wood. I think of like maybe a hyperextended my knee, and um, even that kind of haunts me. Just just when it comes to jumping or and I'll, and I'll make this joke where like I'll jump and I'll I'll clear over a ball and then I'll land. Like I hope to God I'm not in shock right now. I didn't just hurt something. Um, but yeah, dual ACL tears. That's that's rough, man. Hats off to you for still sticking with it and playing and being willing to. Yeah. My, it's funny. My dad's like, Oh, you got hurt again. Does that mean you're going to stop playing? I said, no, that's why I'm having surgery so I can keep playing. That's awesome. Not the, <laughs> not, not the getting hurt, but just the, you're not letting it stop you. Yeah. And, uh, that, that fit group, man, that, that was, uh, that was a really cool thing of, of miles to, to kick off and, and get started. And I hope people are, are getting a lot out of it. I think it's awesome that people like him are stepping up and just offering, guidance on, on how to how to play dodgeball better and how to keep us older guys young and, and active and um yeah i just wanted to give a, a shout out to miles about that just for, I, yeah for I, definitely i actually because i had traveled i didn't get to to hop on that you know start right as everyone else did so i actually downloaded it and printed it out today um i wasn't feeling well so i didn't even go to dodgeball today and but i printed it out so i can start doing it Nice. And I'm looking forward to like using that to help me get motivated and get my butt back to, you know, the gym and getting back into the shape that I need to. That's awesome. You're talking about his, uh, his challenge, right? Yeah. His challenge. That's very cool. Yeah. It's, uh, you utilize motivation wherever you can find it. And sometimes it's that group. Sometimes it's, I don't know, manifest it yourself, but whatever helps. Um, I love it. Um, well, let's get into, documentaries um specifically yours what uh what made you want to do it so you know it's funny right before i got hurt i was like man i I can't wait for my break because i was playing dodgeball two nights a week i was playing elite i was going to you know i was going to the gym a lot i'm like man i kind of i kind of need a break and then i got hurt and i was like that is not the break that i wanted (laughs) i didn't mean it like that (laughs) yeah and i you know I want to say I had the surgery in November and when you have surgery, you kind of just sit there. You can't really do anything. And I'm like, I thought about it and I processed it. I said, what am I going to do for an entire year without elite dodgeball or without dodgeball in general? I'm going to be so bored. So I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give back to the sport. I am going to make a documentary. And so I came up with this idea and I shot an email out to, or shot a Facebook group message to Mark. And I said, Hey Mark, I have this crazy idea. What would you think if I did a documentary about dodgeball? And so he wanted me to come up with like an idea. And so I came up with an outline. I came up with an idea and I actually was flying out to um, LA for a Christmas party that I actually go to every year or almost every year with my kickball team that I, I grew fond close with. And, uh, I met with Glenn and pretty much talked to Glenn about everything. I think Mark had to do something with his wife and couldn't make the meeting. And so I told him, I said, guys, I'm like, if you're letting me do this, I'm like, I'll make you highlight reels. I'll do whatever you need just for letting me capture all of this to do a documentary. And, that's when I was just like, all right, I'm doing this. I'm diving head first in and I'm just going to make a documentary. Maxed out a credit card, bought a camera, 
And, you know, I was like, all right, let's do this. I, uh, I started finding teams and, you know, I reached out to goat first because they were my, um, they're my local team. So I was like, Oh, I can just follow them around. Okay. And I, I was friends with a lot of the players because they played Sandlot. And then Sergio Leon, he was starting his own team. And so I was like, all right, cool. And I needed like a woman's team. So I knew Katie Walker on Money Shot. So I reached out to her. And then I, I asked Mark and Glenn, I'm like, guys, who should I, you know, film in these other regions? And they're like, oh, well, you know, you could film in the north. You could film Task Force or whatever. And that was Glenn's team. So I was like, oh. <clears throat> all right perfect Glenn I'll just follow your team and then mm-hmm. in the south it was actually Adrenaline Rush I believe it was and Outlaws and so I was like oh, I'll just I'll, I know Outlaws I know their name I'm like I'll reach out to them because Anthony Miller who made it to I want to say the 1v1 like top four I remembered his name right from Boston so I reached out to him and they were down and then I want to say Glenn told me, he's like, you know, you should probably get a veteran team. And so I reached out to Rise and Surge, and they were more than willing to let me come and film them and and talk to them. And then I also talked to Jonathan Whipple about um, filming and different ideas of how I should do the documentary. Gotcha. So real quick, so that's how you got your white your uh rise jersey right <clears throat> that is how i got my rise jersey. which which by the way is actually numbered right Wait, yes. did you get a number one okay i think so no hold on let me say i have it right next to me so let me say not convenient as i kick the mic <laughs> no i actually have my number yeah that's what i meant um yeah so 82? it's my actual last name versus because it because it was rise i actually put my last name versus my nickname right because they don't use nicknames and then i put my number that's awesome. Yeah, and just to just to kind of provide some insight, they will only do that if they really, 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 really like you. Um, it, yeah. It's 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 supposed to mean something very special if you get your last name and your your number on their jersey. And I'm definitely gloating when I say I have one of my own, and that's what brought it up because uh, Tim was telling me like we only did this for for you and one other person, um, and that was you. And I was like, oh, yeah. I wonder what he did. And then I, we got to talk about it a little I, bit. Yeah, I actually also have something else that probably no one knows, and I'm gonna. Fr- I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna frame it. Uh, oh. I'm actually one of the West tournaments I'm gonna fly out to this year. I'm gonna take a picture <clears throat> with my jersey and rise because they actually gave me one of their medals from the national championship. Oh wow! Yeah, that's cool. So that's, that's cool. getting framed. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna frame the rise jersey. So I've metal i would probably frame as well that's awesome yeah yeah i mean they they may not seem like it um especially for people that don't know them but they're actually a really solid group of of guys and um it's funny i used to hate them i was not a huge fan way back in the day but obviously i got to know them a little bit more and they're they're one of the reasons why i still play but um let me back up a little bit and i hope you don't mind me asking um you said you maxed out a credit card um why didn't you try to do like crowdfunding or like take uh, donations or why, why, uh, I don't want to so say why do that to yourself, but <laughs> so I, I did it. I'm a very stubborn person and I want to say Tor- I big shout out to Tori because he's really the only reason why 
I even had any money raised because I wouldn't have done it on my own. I was going to ask I about that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even know he was <clears throat> doing it. To be honest with you, um, I didn't want to burden dodgeballers with my crazy idea. Nobody asked for it. No one asked for a documentary. Hmm. It was my crazy idea. So I was like, I can't ask dodgeballers who I know have hard times sometimes getting to these tournaments. And I just, I didn't want to place that on anybody else. And also I didn't want the pressure. If I sucked or my documentary wasn't good or something happened, like to know that people donated money to me, like that would be too big of a burden to me. And I didn't want to do it. I was like, I'll go into debt myself because I've always wanted to make a movie. That's what made me go to LA. And I was like, I want to be a filmmaker. And then I realized I didn't want to be poor. Um, so this is my one chance. I was like, you know, when I was laying in bed trying to come up with this idea, I'm like, I can a make a movie for myself that I've always wanted to do and b make it about something I absolutely love and give back to the community. Like being able to give the highlight reels, like everybody was so excited to see these highlight reels. And I'm just like, wow, I never thought so many people would care. Yeah. People are losing their minds over a chance to see themselves. And I mean, I was thrilled when you were sharing the photos that you took um for for knee pad samples and and just um i was blown away by how open you were to, to everything and um a couple things were brought up so yeah that that's a pretty sound reason why um i could see why you'd want to do that uh just because uh it, it's kind of hard taking people's money um it, it's hard earned and we all know dodgeball players don't have any so i totally get that but uh, I wanted to ask, uh, why did you want to get back? Like that—that that was something I wanted to ask earlier. Um, you said you, you're injured. You were trying to make a, a positive out of a negative, but like, like why? Why? Why do you want to give back? I—I I guess I'm just that kind of person. <clears throat> I don't—I don't really have a reason. I just, you know, I loved dodgeball. Dodgeball was dodgeball was a very accepting and welcoming community. Right. <clears throat> and. You know, I, I fell in love with the sport and I was like, man, this really needs to like get shown to the next level. And like, there's not enough exposure, like, except for, you know, people are like, oh, you know, like the movie. Yes. Yes. Like the movie, but <laughs> oh, yeah. it's actually not a bad thing because at least people know what dodgeball is. Right. I, um, oh, he just reminded me of something. Who was I talking to? You know what? I think it was, I was running a car to go to, I think it was a classic or whatever tournament was before that. And the person asked, Hey, where are you, where are you going? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go to, uh, Oh, it was Sin City. Yeah. So I was, I was going to go to Vegas to, to play Dodge, but I was like, Oh, that's awesome. And he didn't say like the movie, like I thought he would. He actually said, um, shoot, you think I'd remember this cause it was such a milestone. I even talked about it in my, in my interview. But he, he cited something that had nothing to do with the movie and was an actual real thing. And I was like, holy crap, like, is this is this the the turnaround point where people are going to start citing something else other than the movie? So um, when, when you announced that you were doing your documentary and I saw that you were an actual dodgeball player and I saw how serious you were, I was super thrilled because I think like your, your, your what you produce is going to help people see a different side of dodgeball, like the like the stuff that that keeps us going back and the competitiveness and, and all that other stuff. But uh, I mean, is that your goal? Is that what you want your, your documentary uh, to do or you know, essentially, I just want people <clears throat> to like realize and take it like as a real sport. You know, it's funny. Like I think after my first highlight reel, <clears throat> I think Mark and Glenn didn't 
really think how serious I actually was when I first went to them with the idea. Right. They're like, oh, we'll see if it actually happens. And then when I started doing it and they really started, I was serious. I really think they were taken back a little bit. I mean, I can't obviously speak for them, but like, I, I like, I got that vibe from them that they're like, holy crap, he's actually doing this like he said he was because I think other people have tried to do documentaries and oh, yeah. like they've done Kickstarters and you know it I think it was a little bit more than I was anticipating at one point I was just like whoa this is a lot more than I expected yeah and so when, when you said I was doing a documentary let me back up before I uh, yeah. forget some details I actually kind of I don't want to say roll my eyes I was like oh, okay here we go here's another one um, and, and being in the in the dodgeball scene for so long, I have seen so many attempts to start a dodgeball documentary and, and people just kind of doing their own thing like they lay claim to dodgeball. So backtracking to when I said when I found out how you're going about it, that's when I got excited. I was like, oh, this is like, this is the real deal. Like he's serious. Like he's putting time, energy, effort, money, and he's going to all these events. So that that's where my excitement came from. It wasn't right away, uh, mind you. It was uh, once I saw you actually starting to to act good on on your intent there. And uh, I think you know Mark especially. They probably seen, oh, I'm going to do this for you. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And like maybe one out of every fifteen pledges actually deliver something. So it's refreshing, man. It's and it's refreshing to see something so quickly, like highlights and, and pictures, even just to even get that much. But yeah, um, I actually. So, like, the first round I went to was uh, East Coast round one, and I actually didn't take any pictures then. I only filmed open. I didn't film co-ed or anything else. I actually did I, – <laughs> I made the mistake of doing a one-day fly-out. I flew out the night before, got in super late, and then flew out the next night. Nice. And that was probably the dumbest thing I ever thought of doing. <laughs> instead of staying for the whole tournament. And I didn't want to include co-ed in the documentary for the most part, just because it was too much. And so I decided, oh, well, I'm not going to really film co-ed. I should take pictures during co-ed. And so that's when I started taking pictures after okay. round one. I was like, all right, people need pictures. No one takes pictures. Let me get some people some pictures. Plus, it helped me brush up on my photography skills. Nice. So uh, one of the things... If people are listening, I'm wondering if they're asking right now is when will we see this documentary? So the goal is to actually have it like a rough cut done relatively soon, which I don't know how fast I can oh, edit man. it, oh, but I'm going to be working on it very quickly because I need a rough cut to see what I'm missing. You know, one of the things I learned while shooting this documentary was how hard it is to interview and get extra stuff like players talking players driving in a car uh talking in a hotel all of that stuff was way harder to get because i was one person and you know getting that stuff i didn't have a chance to do it right so i feel like that stuff might be lacking and i may need to i don't want to say fake it but like go back and get extra interviews to help cover that because when you're playing a tournament, players are focused. You can't grab interviews. It is very hard. I tried. Oh yeah, no, I not, definitely not on your scale or your scope. But even with my dodgeball, you know, or in event interviews, it's tough. Even for like two minutes, just to grab somebody. And for those of you guys that participate in those interviews, thank you so much. But yeah, no, I, I can't imagine like getting on film and actually 
you know, pushing pause on the event for 10, 15 minutes to, to get on the camera. So, well, a lot of times, so what I ended up doing was I actually did almost like a reality style interview where I waited until nationals or after most of the rounds to do the interviews, just because I didn't have time to do it after each tournament or during the tournament or any of that. So I almost did like a recap. So I, when I, when I approached the interviews, I was like, okay, pretend like we're starting in the beginning of the season. Remember round one. Mm, Tell me okay. what it was like. And like literally go through the entire season. So it wasn't even just a 10-minute interview. It was like 30, 40, 50 minutes or more on some of these interviews. Gotcha. That's cool, man. I, I'm excited for it. Um, did you get any like pushback from any players or teams or anybody like give you a hard time or... <clears throat> so... I actually anybody only you want had... to throw under the bus right now? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I I don't like to throw people under the bus. I only had one player actually give me pushback, and it actually like it kind of really bothered me. I don't know why I got pushback from them, but they just didn't want to record the interview, and that was Anthony Miller on Outlaws. Like he agreed to do the documentary, and then didn't want to do the interview part, and I didn't understand why. To this day, I don't. I didn't ask him. You know, I was just like, all right, whatever. I, I got the rest of the team. I just have to move forward. But like, it 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 really like it upset me because nobody else gave me pushback. Right. Everybody else was super excited. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I I have no hard feelings towards him. I may have to cut him on some of the stuff. But I mean, he did give me interview or like a on the cuff interview when I was doing his one v one. Um, but I didn't get like a sit down interview with him. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's just shy. Um, maybe we can talk to him offline because I, I I try to get him on the podcast too because he's he's been around for a very long time, and I yeah. remember him from his San Diego days on Face Check and and practicing with Rise. And I was like, oh, this is a great in into the uh, the South. And um, he wasn't really interested in interviewing me, but he's really helpful in telling me who to interview. And that's how I met Vaughn. And um, yeah, I mean, so he, uh, you know, he introduced me to that time at Von Kelly, uh, Marie Grigg, uh, Joe Martinez, and those guys have been awesome, and they've really helped me get like a pretty good—I don't want to say hold, but a good handle on the South. So no, I don't think Anthony doesn't want to be interviewed because he's a jerk. I just think he might be a little shy, or maybe it's just something he doesn't want to do. But um, yeah, and and that's why I don't have any hard feelings. I just, you know, yeah, I still got to like film that. everything. I still got to <clears> film <throat> the players. You know, I'll make it work. Just, just dub somebody else's voice over him. That way, yeah. <laughs> it just—he's been around for so long. Like he, he needs to be included in, in, in this, this movement. But um, let me see. Were there any? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and stir the pot with this one. Um, what was your best region? Like your most favorite region to 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 film? So I, I, I am biased. Mm. I am West Coast biased because. Okay. I could tell you going to all of the different rounds, you really get to see who fights the most, who's the most organized and who like is just fair. And I think I'm sorry, all of the other players and all the other regions, even my own, please don't peg me in the face. The West coast <laughs> has the best dodgeballers. Oh, I'm going to get pegged in the face now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the West coast for the most part has the best players in dodgeball. I mean, you're right. <laughs> uh, at least, uh, what did Alan say per capita? Am I using that right? 
Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, it, it's they just you know what it is. I think here's what I think why West Coast is just so much more dominant. I really think they put a lot more, especially watching Rise. They have more opportunity to play. They literally play seven days a week. The women have their own league on Wednesday nights, the No Boys Allowed League. And, you know, there's so much more competition there. And, you know, watching Rise, like when talking to Rise, they have practice almost every other weekend, or, you know, they have a mandatory practice and then they have practice like, once a month or more and i was like people don't do that enough we're actually just doing that now in the east in new york specifically but seeing that motivation you just don't i didn't see that with a lot of teams do you think um do you think your footage is going to help other teams show that because i i I realized um when i'm talking to serge and some other people that they they kind of use the podcast as a way to find out who else is out there. And I also, when I talked to goat, they said that they base a lot of their strategy on rise. So, but, but, but it's, it's one thing to do it, you know, watching game footage or listening to a, a soundbite, but to actually be there, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, through your point of view, through what you covered on the documentary, do you think you're going to provide teams with like a, not like an edge, but just like another way to see how these teams function? Unfortunately, I don't think enough of my teams actually did stuff like that for me to capture it. You know, they had a few, like, I, I actually got into, I was giving Dan uh, from GOAT a hard time. I was like, you guys didn't invite me any any film sessions. You didn't, you know, you, I went to one practice of your guys. I'm like, did you guys actually practice? And he's like, dude, we're not going to invite you to an eight-hour film uh viewing or like however long it is you know what and i'm like, like. <laughs> i would have come for a little bit and you could have kicked me out <laughs> yeah i so th- that surprised me when they when they told me that they did uh film review i don't i don't remember it being eight hours but um it, that's just incredible exaggerating okay i was gonna say well just just doing it period is, is pretty crazy uh just to have that kind of discipline and, and that desire to to get better and you know with respect to the fact that the West has so many options of playing dodgeball, kudos to teams like GOAT that can just utilize what they have and, and um, you know, do their best to, to get better and better. Um, I, yeah, I definitely think, like, GOAT morphed. <clears throat> if, you look, if you look at GOAT round one, they barely, they barely reached... They got knocked out by Z-Warriors and didn't really get that far in bracket play. And then round two and round three, they really like stepped at their game and changed. Right. Like I really think Edgar Fox really changed the way they were looking at things and the leadership just like meshed very well. The team meshed and the chemistry was just there and they were on all cylinders. So Edgar, Edgar Fox changed like, with, he was with the team the whole time, right? He was with the team the whole time, but I feel like there was... I don't know. There was just a dynamic that changed from round one to round two. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Cause I, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I, I don't really have much to base this off of, but the goat I faced in nationals um, when we played against them in round Robin, I don't want to say we beat them easily, but I didn't really have a hard time beating them. However, the next day they did something to change and they were, 
<laughs> a completely different team. So, I mean, they, they, it sounds like they can adapt um, pretty well, well. So I will, I will give you some insight on that. Um, so I didn't actually get to capture this on camera because there were some things that I just wasn't allowed to, or wasn't able to capture. Were they doing but drugs little, or? Yeah, there was a little <laughs> bit of problems, I guess, with the way they were playing because they had added Kyle to their team. Uh-huh. And so they weren't used to him playing with him. And then I guess they all hashed it out that night and went over it as a team and really like faced each other and like got their stuff together. Come uh, playoffs. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. So they had like a, a come to Jesus moment. Essentially. For lack of better terms. I'm sad I couldn't record that come to Jesus moment, but yeah, I mean, that's, they did have it. Team's got to have that. Um, because yeah, I mean, you 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 could tell there's a there's a definite uh, change in between the days, um, and I can I can spend a lot of time talking about your experience and what you saw. Um, I did want to ask, however, um, what was it like going to both the, uh, the World Dodgeball Association and the World Dodgeball Federation Championships World Cup uh, stage? Like, what? Because obviously, there's there's a lot of controversy with uh, certain people. Yeah. And certain things about the WDA. Um, what was that like? Like, I, well, I remember we talked about it briefly on the uh, WDBF recap, right? And you know, I just want to say that you know Jake and USA Dodgeball really has their stuff together. They were so like filming, filming just from a filming aspect. Jake allowed me to go wherever I wanted, record whatever I needed and didn't get put on a limitation. WDA, I did not have that flexibility. I can imagine. It was hard to film. The lighting was terrible. I wasn't allowed to film on the court um, unless I pulled, because I was a ref also, I had to like say, oh, look, here's my ref card. Let me come over here. And, you know, my footage is actually behind the back of, and I only got the men's. It was behind them and just filming them from behind with like terrible lighting. And, you know, I just, I didn't feel like I had as much freedom as I did. And it was from a ref aspect and from a person going to both being, I ref both the WDA one was not run well at all. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, don't want to dig into it too much. Uh, I feel like we've done that enough, but that's um, it's hard not to latch onto that. <laughs> yeah, even even the players when I went to the British Open, like there, no one really likes the WDA. It's just they don't have <clears throat> they don't really have the choice because WDBF is more foam, right? And the European players all want to play cloth, <clears throat> you know. So there's there's all the politics and you know hopefully Jake and USA Dodgeball and maybe even WDBF can hopefully fix this bad tension the past gripes and all of the bad things that's happened in the past which listening to the OG panel like it's what built the sport but hopefully it can really help mend it and make our sport better in the long run. For sure. Here's open. Yeah, right. 
Well, like I said, I'll, I'll, I won't latch on to that too much. I, I think everything that's needed to be said has been in the OG panels and um, probably get into it more in part four when, uh, when we get around to getting back together. But um, let's move on to back to the events. So like, do you have one that just was like your absolute favorite or stood out the most? I mean, you went to like every freaking event there was. So <laughs> like, what? I went to, let's, let's see, let's see. I went to, I know, I know um, Glenn and I were, were doing a running joke of how many times we saw each other throughout the year. And I want to say I saw Glenn 13 times. Wow. So I saw him essentially once a month. I don't think I saw my family as much as I saw Glenn and some of these dodgeball players. Uh, saying a lot and adding to the whole dodgeball's family uh, idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge dodgeball family, you know, supporter. I think the dodgeball family and the dodgeball community is amazing. I learned that the most shooting this documentary um i want to say one of my favorite places i went i would say the u.s open the usa Mm. dodgeball combine was one of my favorite things because i got to see a lot of um i got to see a lot of players and um you know explore and even going to portland like i had never gone to portland before and you know i got to go hang out with players that i've never really hung out with and they're like oh hey you've been filming us hey come come hang out with us come go to dinner with us and i'm like okay that's cool and you know it was really awesome even outlaws like matt from outlaws he let me like crash at their house and you know surge from rise let me crash at his house like those little things like really like it's amazing like page Paige said, you know, if you're coming to Chicago this year, you can crash at my place. And, like, people really opening their doors for dodgeballers is amazing. That's awesome. And, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely, <clears throat> I almost like I sound like a broken record, but I really do like to harp on the the fact that the dodgeball community can still be amazing. Yeah, we get in these crazy thread, f- thread Facebook fights or whatever, and it may seem like that's all it is just like this toxic uh selfish like crybaby everybody hates each other type thing but i think um uh, when it comes to like i don't want to say like the physical aspect but like when it comes to when it really matters that they pull through all the time i mean just tory for example you know taking upon himself to to collect money just because you know he appreciated what you're doing and um oh yeah people like uh, like Joe busting out this software and Bill creating this like website and you making this documentary like there's there's a lot of good in the community overall and I think that definitely um, should and does outshine the bad I mean it's, it's easy to get stuck on a 68 comment thread but um, I feel like it's even easier just to kind of not look at it and just yeah like you know and and you know <clears throat> using Tori like Tori like I can tell you how that all like started. Tori wanted to buy me dinner in, I forget which region I was or where I was. And I was like, no, you don't have to buy me dinner. It's fine. He goes, but you've recorded so much. You took, like I took pictures for him because he was trying to get a sponsorship <clears throat> um, for this uh, mouthpiece he was doing. And he was just so appreciative. I'm like, dude, you don't, I'm like, I do it because like, you know, we're, we're all community. We're all like, you know, and him raising the money, I could tell you, I, that thousand dollars that he raised, it basically paid for my rental of all of my gear I used at nationals. Nice. So like, 
getting that like because i'm i wasn't gonna ask for any money i I just was never going to do it i will drown in silence before i want to ask players for money and so like it meant a lot that you know he raised that money (laughs) even he even paid for my dinner when i told him not to and you know just for somebody going out of their way like that it's like wow that's that's really awesome because a lot of people actually thought i was getting paid by elite or elite was you know people like oh you should ask mark he probably has some budget for it and i'm like no it's not it's not the reason why i'm doing it i don't want to get any money off of this yeah even even uh the ncda um i actually wanted to go to nationals last year and i couldn't go i forget what it was and so i was talking to them this year and they're like yeah you know we might be able to to give you some money i'm like dude i don't want the money give me a couch to sleep on and i'll be happy you're good that's awesome. And, and you know, even even me commenting on, like, some of the players who are making their roster videos, I'm like, I have all the footage. You guys can have it. I've, I've gotten a lot of requests since I made those comments. But, like, all of the footage, like, just because I'm putting in a documentary, people can have it. The only footage I don't give out is huddles because people talk in the huddles and, you know, I'm not giving that out. But if it's gameplays, you can have it. Karina asked me to upload uh, her game uh, from Sin City for... Uh, it was, I think, taste that versus money shot. I'm like, yeah, sure. Edited it together, uploaded it for her. And I said, here's your link. Same with crystal. I was That's like, here awesome. you go. Here's all your stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, hopefully more people take you up on that. Cause it's uh it's a great resource. Um, and I, I think kind of opened my, my eyes a little bit too. Cause I just realized, yeah, duh, there's more to it than just the documentary. I mean, there's tons of footage out there that can and needs to be used and you're down to share it. So that's, that's great. Yeah. I, you know, as Mark always stresses it, when we do the live stream, y'all got to share it. And I really think that's how we're going to help grow our sport. Yeah, for sure. Um, I did want to make one quick sidebar comment about the dodgeball community. And that is, uh, it's all great except for Michael Coif. He's just, he's, he's the reason why it's negative. So I like Mike. Why do you, why, 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 what is with the, the trash talking? I'll, I'll tell you offline. Uh, it's, oh, okay. I, I don't want to, I don't want to taint this interview any more than I already have by mentioning his name. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, let's, let's move on. Speaking of the community, let's move on to, uh, the crowdsource questions. Um, cause there's quite a few. So I want to start off with, um, Markel Stokes and Sergio Leone's question. And that is, uh, what song amps you up for a dodgeball game? And or do you have a pregame playlist? So here's the funny thing. I am not one of those players. I do not listen to any music. I do not have a pregame pump up song. Nothing. Crazy. You just just go into the court and play. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I just go. I wait. I wait. I got to get once I get that first like peg. I'm like, all right, You're I'm awake. awake. I'm ready to go. Gotcha. Yeah. I, it's funny because I, I just assume everyone has a pump up song and I'm finding out more and more that they either don't or they have something crazy like um like somebody said they like they listen to country or something crazy or like <laughs> piano music I'm like what but yeah Therese Theron um I'm gonna definitely want to ask everyone so I might I might breeze through some of these but um oh, go ahead. Uh, Emilio uh, Veles um he said I think he said awesome. He's one of my uh, dodgeball teams fans. And he's got a picture of you holding up uh, some of his comics. But uh, what what was your favorite episode or your favorite issue? Do you have one? Yeah. So I actually I bought all of them. I actually have to buy his latest issue. 
you know, my favorite issue that he did was, I want to say it was issue number eight, where he actually went in and drew multiple players from different teams in the crowd. And I was like, you know, you don't even know half of these players, but like, you're still like in the community and you're, you're like wanting to help grow and, you know, draw these players into your comic. Like that was real. I thought that was really cool. I think I saw, I think I saw like, um, what do they, what do they call them? Um, not samples, but like little characters, caricatures. Well, he was showing like, um, shoot, man, what is it? It's like a, it's got an actual like term, but it's like proofs. Was it proofs? Maybe he's showing like, uh, this is what these characters look like. And he's just like lining them up. And I mean, those are people from every region. Like I even saw like Casey Moses in there. From, oh yeah. From Titan. That was really cool. So yeah, I mean, he's been like super supportive and, and awesome. Um, do you have a favorite character or so you said your favorite issue was eight, but what's your favorite character if you have one? Uh, I don't really have one per se. I just really liked issue eight because he put all ever all the community in there. That's awesome. Let's see. Oh, this is a good one. Um, and maybe this is two parts. So Joseph Kinkarini asked, "Did you ever want to quit? And if yes, what pulled you back from quitting?" So, from a recovering from uh, your your knee injuries, did you ever want to quit? You said no earlier, right? No, the, I, I did want to take a break before I got hurt, but I never really wanted to quit. Um, but uh, we'll go into... Uh, we'll, I'll give a little hint later on uh, the quitting portion. Okay. We'll give a little teaser to everybody. And that's as a player, right? Because I, yeah. I wanted to ask that question for as a documentarian or a filmographer or whatever, whatever the so, term is. <laughs> did you ever want to quit doing that? You know, I actually want to do the opposite, I think. I, uh, you know, if all goes well, I might make this my last season playing. Um, we'll see if uh, everything pans out the way I want it to. Um, I actually want to work on this year. I'm going to try and work on filming a little bit better oh. so that people have it, have better footage, and just get practice at that. Nice. So was there ever a time in the documentary where you, you thought, uh, this, I'm in over my head, I don't want to do this anymore? Oh my god. Uh, after, I mean, I definitely, like, I had a lot of moments where, you know, I got really mm. frustrated. Like, I got, I had to miss the Jonathan Whipple and Valerie Whipple's wedding because I didn't have enough money to buy the flight, and I had to save it for going to one of the rounds. So, like, that, like, that one was like, oh, and then the hardest one, because I, I beat myself up and I'm a lot harder on myself than most people. I losing the footage on a plane of like half of worlds, uh, the WDBF one, like that crushed me like that. Like I didn't touch dodgeball footage. I want to say for a month or two, I was like, I can't, I can't believe I messed something up this bad. And, you know, I ran into hiccups every now and then like round two when goat actually won the audio is off. The <clears throat> microphone wasn't in all the way. And so like the audio was off and I'm like, Oh my God, why? I'm like, why are these hap things happening? And you know, I got stressed, but I was like, you know what? I found other footage and I was like, no, I could still, I can make this, I can make this happen. It, it's going to happen. And so I never really wanted to quit, but I did get discouraged a few times. 
that's a good way to put it. I, I didn't want to quit, but I got discouraged. Um, cause that, but, that's, that's going like to happen. And, and, you know, going back to the community, like when I got discouraged, like Mick re- reached out to me, he goes, Hey dude, you can, you know, you can use whatever footage, Eric Boyer from mad city. He's like, dude, you can use some footage if you need it. And that's you know, awesome. Jake, he's also said, you know, any footage you need, you know, uh, you can use the footage. It's fine. And like having the community, like really like, Hey, we know it happens. You know, Justin from goat, he said, you know, Dom, uh, I work at a production company. This stuff happens way more than you think. And you know, it really, like I had that support because a lot of people, like they saw me post about it and like, I beat myself up. Like I was really discouraged, but like, I wasn't going to quit because of it. That's awesome. See, there we go. Community pulling through instead of crucifying yeah. you for, for losing footage or they're telling you it's yeah. no big deal. It happens. That's awesome, man. Um, I like to hear stories like that. Um, let me uh, avoid some feels here. Um, Abdul Saeed asked what motivated you to want to make a documentary, but I think we covered that. Just want to let him know yeah, that we we, uh, that we did see his question. Markel Stokes, what is your favorite jersey? Uh, jersey? And then Sergio had the audacity to think it was his, but... Uh, no, no, that's not his. It's Roy Botts is actually one of my favorite jerseys God, because Johnny Five is on it, and I absolutely am an '80s baby. I grew up in the '80s <clears> or <throat> and '90s, and that was you know Short Circuit Two. Yep. So that is one of my favorite jerseys. My other favorite jersey is Rise because, like you said, like two people have gotten a Rise jersey, so I cherish that jersey. Right, such a sick gesture, man. I. Yeah, that was a good uh, was a good couple minutes for me. But um, Roy Bots, yeah, Johnny Five, man, I, I think you and I might be one of the few people that might recognize him. Plus, whoever's wearing that jersey. <laughs> what does he say? I'm alive, Johnny Five. I might have to. Yes. Yes. I'm about to watch that game, but that that scene where they kill him traumatized me. I hated uh, that Short scene. Circuit too. Yeah, that was that was a rough one. I, that was my favorite. I actually still have the DVD. <clears throat> Yeah, and then like they got the freaking oil popping up like it's blood. I'm like, why would they do this? This is a kids movie. I it's probably why I turned into such a negative person. But <laughs> <laughs> they also have Mega Man, which is awesome. Um, yes, they do. Yeah, they're, 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 I think they're one of my favorites too. Uh, I think I might have actually said that in my interview. Um, Miles Garner asked favorite region and event to film. I think favorite region was West Coast, right? West, and you know it was. You know, it was it was a lot of fun watching the uh, flight kills. <clears throat> he, had, he had some flight kills for me. Okay. And then uh, you said, I think earlier, your favorite event was the Combine, just because that was so different. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Markel asks, uh, what are the most uh, exciting moments you've seen in Dodgeball, from Elite, from Worlds, and any tournaments you filmed? Um, oh, man. That's a loaded one. Yeah. So, Try to breeze through uh, that one. Ooh, that's <clears throat> tough. You know, I really enjoyed seeing the athleticism in some of these players. You know, they really like the flight kills and, you know, seeing the players like jump around and I'm like, man, I'm like what I wouldn't give to be younger, to be able to do stuff like that. Like me getting a flight kill, I'm doing like, I'll get maybe a foot, you know? <laughs> um, one of my favorite, I think he said what one of my favorite moments were. I have two. One was Robbie um, on XL. Robbie Weber, I believe is his last name. Yeah, on Greyjoy. Yeah, I know him. 
So someone tried, he had two, someone tried to suicide him, flight kill him. And he caught it point blank. And then another time he was like, the person was in his face and he caught it and it was the same game. And watching that was amazing. And then I would say the other thing was watching Malaysia in the worlds and, you know, during the no blocking, the style in which they played and they were the ability that they were able to block the ball without touching it, like their precision and the way they train blew my mind. Yeah, I think you were you were telling me that, right? Where um I forget his name, but he was like he just crouched so low and he would just like position the balls or bounce them up at such yep. a good time that it would negate the throw and he would just be like impossible to hit because of that. Yep. Yeah, you've seen so much, man. It's it's crazy to think about what's in that head of yours. Um, I I've seen a lot of dodgeball. I learned a lot too. I bet. I probably have to save that question for last. Um, <laughs> just trying to get like I don't know ten percent of what's in your head on this interview. But uh, <laughs> let's continue scrolling through the uh, crowdsource. So Nicholas uh, Factorian asks, "Where's my Egyptian dodgeball jersey?" Yeah, there was a big ordeal with Egyptian dodgeball jerseys. Uh oh. Do I get into that or just you know a lot of people it move on. It. they were like they were like ten dollars and some people didn't get them people took them and they took the wrong sizes it was a really big mess oh man so I actually have his jersey somewhere in my pile of clothes but I have it in a bag and I forgot to bring it when I went to Sin City yeah that's that explains your your follow-up comment there yeah <laughs> that's funny kind of. Um, Sergio Leone asks, what was your expectation in capturing and how did it differ from what you witnessed? I learned that dodgeball is very hard to capture. <laughs> it is a lot harder than I, I expected. Um, you know, I I, by the end of it, I kind of learned how I wanted to film. And, you know, unfortunately for me, uh, you know, going to nationals, I couldn't film everybody I wanted the way I wanted because I had to, I brought people with me. Right. Um, but like getting that film style, like I want to say I did a I did a couple live streams for Tyler, um, and he always had me go to like the back corner and hold up the camera so he could have a better view, and I more tried to focus on like the center and go back and forth. So. I kind of learned like you can't really watch dodgeball going back and forth. You kind of need that overhead shot. Let's see. Overhead like? Like the back corner. Okay. So you get more of like the court versus pacing back and forth. Yeah, I can imagine. Plus you, 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 you can only follow so much without making the viewer sick and then you have to just time it just right and how are you going to know if somebody's going to do something amazing or just stand there and block or, or do nothing yeah I've missed a couple of those but like I've gotten a lot as well too yeah it's probably one of those like it's a numbers game you just film as much as you can and eventually you're going to get some cool stuff yeah essentially that's what it was for sure um, Sergio also asked uh, what was your favorite round like I'll let's do um yeah, of all the of all the elite rounds, do you have a, a particular favorite? Um, I have two that I really enjoyed filming, and one of them is a controversial round, or I may, you know, people may not like the round, but it was the uh, Portland round. 
because hmm. the gym was really, really hot. Yeah, I heard that was a death chamber. <laughs> it was. It was really hot, but like I got a lot of intense dodgeball. The crowd was like really into it, and like you know they turned on Rise a little bit, and I got to capture that on camera. Hmm. And I really actually enjoyed that just because I think I was like, I was like, okay, like this is, this is pretty cool. Like seeing fans and spectators watch it and then cheer for a team and not cheer for a team. Like it was really interesting. And then the other one was goat in round two when they won in the East. Any reason in particular for the round two goat win or uh, maybe because like I actually like and even you know I I think all of my teams for the most part had did pretty well when I was with them, but like just seeing the adrenaline and the excitement, knowing that they were going to win a medal, you know, it okay. like gets you pumped up. At least for me, because I was so involved. Because I I'm not like your typical documentary filmmaker. I actually live in this sport. I'm actually I go I have to go back to this sport. It's not like. I just walk away and I'm done. Yeah, you're, you know, invested. so like I take a vested interest where someone else might not. And so seeing it, I got just as excited. I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. That's awesome. I, again, so like, you know, the whole documentary claim, um, I was like, yeah, a dodgeball documentary by a dodgeball player. Like, you, I could, there can be no better, no better um, combination that like that's just, you have to have that. So I, I can definitely see like, you getting uh kind of injecting your emotions in that win that makes sense um plus yeah. nobody likes billy anyway so nobody wanted to see him win again <laughs> just kidding man i don't care i don't know if you're listening but he's gonna peg you in the face uh wouldn't be the first and probably won't be the last <clears throat> um that was actually my request to all the players i said hey i said to rise and i said to mikey I said, hey, guys, you love me for filming you. Can you, when I go back to the court, can you please just not peg me in the face? the face? That's my only request. I think that's fair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, speaking of, uh, Colin Dowling says, dat face shot. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> is, that, is that even a question, Colin? What, what is this, man? Like, Yeah, I don't know. Okay, well, I'm going to scroll back up to Miles Gardner because this is a real question. Um, any hilarious bloopers during filming or unexpected gold mines caught on film, please tell me yes. Uh, so I have Josh Ty dancing nice. uh, a lot because he likes to dance before he uh, starts his game. <laughs> of course. Uh, he twerks He twerks sometimes, so I have some footage of that. Oh, boy. Uh, the gold I think I have was um, people doing flight kills, double catches. Um, Brenda Kramer at uh, Nationals getting the double catch. I actually nice. had two angles on that one. Awesome. That was pretty sick. I remember talking to her about that. Oh, I know. Sorry. I know what the best one is that I have. The ball pop from oh, Nationals. Who? Yeah. Who? Did Miles do that? Yeah. Who, who popped it? So so somebody blocked the ball. They, they jumped up. They had a ball in their hand. They jumped up and landed straight on an 8.5 ball and it popped. And you just hear boom. And I happened to catch that on camera. And that was so funny. Mark loved it. He thought it was the greatest thing. Do you remember who popped it though? Was it Mark Hill or not Mark Hill? Uh, Miles? I actually think it's on my YouTube channel. I'm actually, let's see if I can find it while we're we're doing this. 
I go ahead and try to cue that up just because I, I need to know who did that. I want to say it was Miles. I don't know why, but I'm trying to remember. I don't remember hearing about it either. I just remember just seeing, oh my God, a ball popped on somebody. That's crazy. I don't have it on my Facebook, on my YouTube page. I thought I did. Yeah, very well. Well, I'll have to find it and, and post it. <clears throat> but it was great. It was amazing. For sure. Um, man, Sergio with the questions. Love it. Oh yeah, um, he was he was pumping out those questions. I, I think he just he just needs to be the one to ask the questions now. Just bring him on. You uh, should. I might actually. Uh, I've been talking to him about it in between uh, offline conversations, so I could use the help. But uh, he asks, who gave the most enlightened interview that conveyed what dodgeball is as a whole? Okay. Ooh. Well, I can tell you, I actually haven't listened to some of them because I had a team at Nationals where a lot of my interviews got done. And they, she, Talisa, who was one of my friends who came, she did so many interviews, I haven't had time to go through all of them. Um, but I would probably say Serge and Justin um, gave some like really good, insightful um, interviews. The funniest interview was actually Joey um, on XO because it was at the Tribune tournament and this homeless lady came into where we were and was just like staring at us oddly. Okay. And I was like, whoa. I'm like, lady, you are so weird. What are you doing? Huh. Was that captured at all or? Um, no, because it was behind me and I was facing, the camera was facing Joey. So, okay. I mean, it might be on like a little bit, Joey and I talking about it, but it's not really captured. Is this Joey Razor Kramer? Joey? Yes. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I know, I'm starting to remember names on, on the Facebook but you said uh, Serge, Serge Ferrari gave you one of the most enlightening ones. Enlightening. Yeah, because he has so much history in the sport. Like, he really could go in depth and be like, tell me about him playing in the bar. Like, when you talked on the OG panel, like, playing in a bar. Like, I don't – who would let someone play in a bar? <laughs> right. It's the good old days, man. Yeah, he's a very articulate, very – smart guy that that just brings a lot to a conversation so i'm not surprised to hear him and the other one was justin pyan uh justin bosch bosch okay i was gonna say Pyan. i have yet to interview mark and jake or glenn gotcha there's still i still have a long list of people to interview so like one of the things i want to do which we <clears> touched <throat> on earlier was i want to get a cut done sooner than later so then I can use this elite season to get some interviews that I didn't get to put them in the nice. uh, documentary. Make up for uh, potential lost interviews. Lost interviews, missing pieces, you know, that sort of thing. Well, I was going to say, uh, when, so when I interviewed Payan, that was um, really surprising. Like, he, he gave a lot of really awesome nuggets. Um, but Justin Bausch, or is it Bausch or Bush? I, can't, I always mess it up. I always call him Bush. Bush, yeah, he... Same. It's it's always great talking to him. Um, let's see. Oh, look, a real question from Colin Dowling. Favorite non dodgeball related thing you did on a trip? Um, I would say it was probably Portland going to um going to like see the waterfalls and like get to see Portland. Like that was a lot of fun. Because Oregon's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty state. Um. 
even though Koiv lives there, somehow manages to be beautiful. Um, let's see. Frenchie Nguyen, um, who didn't want to join, asks, when is it coming out? Oh, no, I wrote, I tagged him. He didn't want to, he didn't want to comment, so I commented. Oh, okay, got it, got it. He, so he's asking when the documentary comes out. So I will, so I'm trying to, we talked about it briefly, but I, I think we got sidetracked. Right. Um, so here's the game plan. Um, the game plan is to have it edited, have a rough cut, show it to Mark and Glenn and Jake, use this season to like fine tune it, have a finished version done by nationals. I haven't pitched this to Mark yet though. I want to use the Friday night party that we normally have as a screening yes. of the documentary. And um, it has to be done before August because my goal is to submit it to the Sundance Film Festival. Right. And you cannot air it. You cannot basically submit to anyone else if you don't air it, uh, if you air it or show it anywhere else. So I'm going to submit it to the Sundance Film Festival. I'm going to do a private screening. Um, Hopefully I can for all the dodgeball players. Um, there's loopholes and stuff around it. I've looked it up. Um, and then that way, you know, the dodgeballers can actually see, look, this actually happened. There's actually a documentary. Yeah. But, you know, I told Mark uh, in the beginning when I started, I said, Mark, I'm like, I want to make this a great documentary. I want to show this sport in a positive light the way it is without the whole fighting on Facebook and like to really show the community and the sport as a whole. And so I told him I would show him the documentary before anything else. Yeah, I, uh, I hope that happens. Being able to watch it with everybody the the during the nationals like that, I can think of no better place. Yeah. So that's, that's the goal. <clears throat> uh, we'll see. See if it happens. We'll see if it happens for sure. Freaking uh, Joe DeFuria, tough question. Um, how tough was it filming on the sideline for an entire year while you were rehabbed? And did you come? Did you contemplate coming back earlier than advised? Um, I actually didn't. Like, there might have been one or two times, like, man, I miss playing dodgeball, but I didn't want to screw my knee up, and so I was very like, no, I cannot go back because I wanted to make sure it was strong enough to to really like go back and not ruin anything nice so you actually maintained the discipline and it didn't you didn't feel like i did like i did get envious of watching everybody play and i'm like oh i want to play so bad but i didn't i didn't like all right let's hop in wise um yeah it's it's rough. I mean, I, again, I'm not, not even going to pretend like I've experienced injuries uh, to your level, but just having to sit out any any amount is, is excruciating, um, especially when you're watching. You're like, God, oh, I wish I was out there. And yeah. uh, I know some people play anyway against their better judgment. Uh, Dylan, Odin, playing with your busted hand, you, you fool. Um, it's, you run the risk of making it worse, and you probably shouldn't, but uh, kudos to you, man, for not... Uh, not not what do you call it? Not making it worse or not not exposing yourself to unnecessary risk. A um, little bit of a, a lengthy one here, word wise. But Alan Thomas asks: uh, Now that you've done all the filming and seen most, if not all, the footage, uh, what insights do you have about filming dodgeball that might help the average Joe putting up a GoPro or some other recording solution? It's like, what advice could you give? 
so I can say I have a Joby um, tripod that like bends, and I have the GoPro clamp. I'm actually not the biggest fan of GoPros anymore because the quality was a lot more lacking than I thought it would be. You know, mm. the GoPro is like, oh, it has such great footage. And like going back and like looking at the British Open footage, like because a lot of the GoPro footage I used was like backup footage. Okay. And looking at it, I'm just like, wow, this footage isn't as nice and as clean as I thought it would be. And, you know, I did learn that it's very hard to record in gyms. Um, it's a lot easier when there's like the the metal poles that separate them, separate the courts, because then you can clamp on uh, to like one of the ends and film the court that way. That was probably the easiest way to film with the GoPro. Um, but yeah, filming is a lot harder than I than I expected. Uh, I tried to at the Tribune tournament, the first Tribune tournament. I actually tried to live stream and have one of my light stands, one of my cheaper light stands, uh, record, and they broke it within ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was destroyed. I was like, all right, well, that wasn't a good idea. You know, because it's hard because you have the balls flying everywhere and like you want to set something up in the corner, but like the players crouch in the corner and sit in the corner and, you know, the ball's going to deflect. So I have some ideas of how I can film better. I'm going to try and work on that. Probably not round one, maybe round two and seeing how I can, uh, you know, record more games from both angles. And I will make sure to let Alan know once I figure it out. Yeah. There's gotta be like this ideal setup or this ideal clamp or stand or, or thing you can, I don't know, create, or there's gotta be something out there that could solve at least like the, I don't say like the amateur filmographers, you know, problem, but just somebody that wants better team footage. Um, I'm sure there's a solution out there, but it's yeah. funny, man. Like it, it doesn't matter what it is or how badly you don't want it to be hit. If you bring something into a dodgeball gym, it will be hit. It just, it never, well, never fails to not do that. So <clears throat> one of the retired players, uh, Dwitty from Arkham, he's in New York and he actually takes his cell phone and use painter's tape and tapes it to the wall. And honestly, like his footage is really, really good. I just, I worry with the, the cell phone up against a wall, you know, not every court has a wall. Some right. of them have like those, hanging drape court walls or whatever. And, you know, the, it just would cause a ripple effect and look really like nauseating watching that footage. I thought you were just meaning like if a ball just hit that cell phone square in the center going 80 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> that too. Yep. And the last thing you see is a red or blue dot whirling its way towards you. Yeah. Um, Let's see, we got a couple more, both from Abdul Saeed again. Um, he asks, uh, now that you're back this season, what are your expectations and goals for yourself and at the team level? So I I actually am on a very good team this year, surprisingly. I basically <clears throat> was like, hey, who wants a broken old dude that uh, can record games? <laughs> nice. And uh, <laughs> Mount, Mount Olympus took me. So okay. I... I actually look at myself as probably the weakest player on the team. And so my regards is, and I told Tyrell this when joining, I'm like, I'm a team player. I will sacrifice myself for the greater good of the team. 
Um, you know, I know what my role is on the court and I actually have, um, I'll give, I'll give everyone a tip out there. I actually bought a volleyball clipboard from Amazon and I labeled it dodgeball because it has the same exact court setup as a dodgeball court. And I kind of want to help coach a little bit more, you know, watching uh, Edgar on goat and like really seeing how he like helped guide the team and, and really like give strategy I, and watching rise with the strategy. I really learned a lot watching all of these really good teams. And I feel like I could help benefit my team that way by coaching and taking almost like a rotation uh, status and coach status. Because, you know, when we talked about the European style and, you know, what's different, they have coaches. We don't have coaches. And I kind of really took a liking to that. I'm like, I could be a dodgeball coach. I've watched enough players. I know what people do. I get this. Do you think, um, do you think that's the future for, um, because we briefly talked about it during the Tribune recap with Dylan coaching because he was injured. But do you think, do, do you see dodgeball players now, especially like us older veterans, actually coming back to dodgeball to coach? I, I think so. Right. I can picture someone like Vince or, you know, uh, catch him coaching when they're, when they're done. I could picture them coaching for sure. Yeah. It feels hard to just think like, okay, I played my last game. I'm done. I'm hanging up my knee pads, my jersey. I'm not playing anymore. My body can't take it. I'm just going to walk away from dodgeball forever. I feel like even from like for me, that'd be impossible. Like I had to be near it somehow in some capacity. Yeah. Even, even when I got after <clears throat> getting hurt, my dad was like, Oh, you're going to quit. I'm like, no, I, I don't want to quit. I, yep. this is, I love this. And, you know, watching players like, uh, Tim Fullerton on rise and like seeing how good he is for an older Jim and Tim, like seeing them play, as, as older dodgeball players, I'm like, man, you guys had to really change up your game and like really have to like work hard to maintain this level. I'm like, I have ma- I have a lot of respect for players like that who just can keep playing and not give up. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of Tim and Jim, I think either would be a pretty outstanding coach. Oh yeah. If they stick around after they're they're retired. Um. Abdul Saeed also ask an inside joke here, but who's your favorite ninja? <laughs> so uh, I called Tyrell and Dean. I called those guys and Abdul. I called all of them ninjas. Okay. Um, they're not going to like this because I'm actually not going to pick any of them. My favorite ninja is Joe Grant, my original ninja from uh, LA. Watching him jump around, I want to say he was one of the first people that I really saw like jump around and like do splits in the air. Even Chris Bell, like watching players like that, like so impressive. Okay. So like not a fictional ninja like Snake Eyes or Leonardo or (laughs) just actual (laughs) people. Just like watching their moves. Like even watching, if you go back and watch um, Vince versus Tyrell in the uh, UDC, you know, Vince, I want to say in that interview, he said, he goes, he was really hard to hit because he's just all over the place. Tyrell is more, he like started, I want to say he started in UDC, but like just watching him like throw his body around and like dodge the balls. I'm like, man, I wish I had the agility and the agileness that these guys have to dodge the ball. Right. 
do all kinds of crazy acrobatic maneuvers on purpose and land just fine and keep doing it again. Yeah, it's pretty impressive what people can do. Um, so let's go up to, I guess, like the, call it the Andrew Ketchum question. It's still one of my favorites. Um, this is a great question. Right, and and kudos to Andrew for, for thinking this one up. But what do you want to achieve in dodgeball and what keeps pushing you to play and get better? So I think you can take that in two ways. Like, what do you want to achieve, you know, from somebody that's producing content and what do you want to achieve as, as a player? So I think I've come to the terms I will never be a Vince Marchbanks. I will never be you know, Andrew Ketchum, I will never be a player like that at like the top level. I think I've come, I think I've come to terms with that, but I think I can, I'm smart enough to know the game that I could help coach a team be at that level um, and work together and, and really like do well. I don't think myself as a player, like watching people like Andrew Ketchum and, you know, the top players in the top 100, like, um, Brandon Cook on up in Portland. I think he's in Portland, not Seattle, right? Yeah, Portland. Yeah, watching him like he posted a picture of him, and the ladies do this all the time with like they're leaned back and like just dodging oh, it's like the ball. limbo picture. Yeah, and yeah. my knees, my knees cringe looking at that. Like I know that's never gonna happen, but like watching players like him, and you know, watching these top players, I'm like, wow. Like I want to get good just so I can like feel like I could belong on the same court as you. Um, as for what I want to achieve in dodgeball, I really want to make dodgeball known. And you know, this year might be my last year playing dodgeball. I may go, you know, maybe I'll help Elite record some more stuff. And you know, even if it's delayed, like live streaming at a gym is a pain in the butt. I right. have a lot of respect for Mad City, what they did in Boston. They had a great setup. But live streaming in the gym, it is really a big pain. It is hard to record or it's hard to live stream a as a whole and like get it out there. But I feel like if I could tape the games and let players watch them later, I feel like it might it might help them and they might enjoy it. Even if it's not live, I feel like players would still watch it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, I mean, there's there's definitely a need for people or a demand rather to be able to watch you play, watch a team play, and then now um, as teams are wisening up to this, to watch other teams play and study them. It uh it blew my mind when Headhunters talked about how we're bringing back Mason Shank allegedly, and um, oh man, Sean Wheeler said, "Oh, I learned so much from watching this guy, complete stranger." completely different timeline of dodgeball and yet this kid was able to watch film of uh, a once legend and learn from him so i can't imagine what like what footage is going to bring to the table um as these teams get better and better and better because they're studying each other and they're studying movements and characteristics and whatnot so i think there, there's definitely gonna be a need for that um let me see i wish i had like you know, Team Davis was like super nice to me when I first met them. And I wish I had footage to like watch them and learn from them because I always thought they were a great team together. Yeah, I mean, there's so many past teams. It'd be amazing to to watch. Um, even even just for, for, for fun, like watching, you always joke about like this one matchup that uh, we had against uh, the predecessors to to rise and just how 
how much dodgeball has evolved since then. I mean, I bet you even if you went back to your uh, the radio tournament, like you'd, you'd be looking at a bunch of kids that are just lost. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, that's not dodgeball. You guys have no idea um, how to actually play. So yeah, there's a lot oh, yeah. of novelty there too, I'm sure. I mean, you can – I think there was a debate at some point or somewhere, you know, looking at these NFL Pro, Pro Bowl players, you know, yeah, they're athletes, but they don't know how to play dodgeball. They're just running oh, yeah, around. They're just as bad. Ball. Yep. And these are, you know, peak of human fitness and, and pushing their bodies to the, the, you know, extreme limits playing dodgeball like they're a bunch of lost kids. Yeah, it's uh, I, I see a definite need for, for more footage in the future, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But um, speaking of looking forward, what are you most looking forward to this year? I mean, how, how the heck do you even top last year compared to everything you've seen <laughs> so um i'm excited to actually get on the court i you know even just meeting you like most players didn't know i even played dodgeball they're like oh you play dodgeball i never played <laughs> against you like half of my friends have never even seen me play dodgeball they're like uh i i don't think i've ever seen you play dodgeball and so like knowing all of the players now being able to like go and actually maybe even play against rise or play against, you know, a team in the North or the South that like I met last year and like, you know, filmed is like really cool. Like wrecking balls from the South. They're like, Oh dude, we'll take you on a, we'll take you on the team anytime, whenever you come out here. And you know, I plan for 2019. My goal is to probably not go to as many tournaments as I did last year but at least go to one in each round um, okay. and play. So you're mostly looking forward to just being pl- able to play again. Yeah, I, I really am because I've really missed that. And, uh, you know, one of the things that are we doing, I, I don't think we're going to do too many more questions. I think we did most of them. I got but, two you know, left for you. What? I got two left for you. So You got two left. Well, I'm going to, you know, one of the things I wanted to say, like, Watching dodgeball throughout this year, I learned a lot. And I want to say, I wish I could have filmed and recorded the women more because hmm. they are some incredible athletes. And I really like, I don't think we get to observe and see them enough to see how good they are. And I always tell people, I'm like, I'm like, some of these women, I'm like, I tell you to pick them over me. I'm like, they're way better dodgeball players than I am. Um, and I, and I think that they, they often go under overlooked, which is why I added money shot. Like I told money shot. I'm like, I am, you are 100% in this documentary. I'm like, you are not getting cut. I may have to make a decision to cut some teams, but I'm like, you are not getting cut because I feel like the women of the sport, like really drive the diversity and the family and the, you know, to really show how well these players are. And, you know, sometimes because open is played at the same time as women's, we don't get to see that. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, why didn't you come take pictures of us? I'm like, I was filming men's open. I couldn't. I can, I, I take pictures during co-ed. And, you know, I really think that the women should get highlighted and a lot more props than they do. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of should have, though, when we bring this up. And I wonder what like what what's it can actually take to to go from shoulda to it's being done. Um, 
and I remember this, like you, you kind of shook a chord because when we talk about our three caps, um, a lot of the focus is on open. And whenever there's a, a open and women playing um, at the same time, it seems like it's still like the more most focus and interest is going to be and the most feedback and the most coverage is going to be open. So, yeah, I mean, it's... It, I think women dodgeball, like, it just adds such a crazy, awesome dynamic that is still grossly overlooked and... What I think is what I when I look at sports and I look at um, how dodgeball varies, it's I, I love coed and I think that's because unless I'm completely ignorant, I, I cannot think of any other sport where women play alongside men and has just as much of a contribution to each other as opposed to over one another. Like you see women throwing, you see them catching, you see them doing everything that the men are doing, and it's a it's a team effort still. At least for the more competitive teams. Um, Definitely. But yeah, how do you how do you how do you actually capture that? And how do you how do you decide? Okay, am I going to decide between open and women's? And yeah, a little, little bit of a tangent there, but yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Like that's <clears throat> and like that was one of the things. Like in the West, I had three teams I was recovering, and so I had to like divvy up my time and try to plan out. I'm like, okay, <clears throat> you know, strategy wise, how am I going to film? you know, these different things. And one of my friends, he came out and helped me for the LA, you know, I, I had a whole bunch of friends come out for nationals and I'm like, okay, I need someone on the women's court. I need someone filming this team. I need someone filming this team. And I actually ran back and forth between filming rise and making sure I filmed money shot because, you know, at nationals money shot had that, you know, big comeback where they, basically went straight to the losers bracket and battled their way all the way up right. into the finals. Like that was exciting. Like I was super excited and super proud of the women for not giving up on themselves and like really pushing forward and fighting back. And like, you know, people, people may judge like someone, someone judged one time I was talking to him. He's like, Oh, I could probably catch all those women. They're probably not that good. I'm like, dude, Whoa. come out to an elite. I guarantee you these women will kick your butt and you'll see how good they are. Get rocked, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite memories, um, yeah, it w was, was playing, um, so I dated the, this girl named Jackie Thomas. I don't know if you've heard of that name by any chance. No. She was a freaking monster. So she was this little five foot four terror of a, of a female player and she threw so dang hard. And I just remember um, when Arizona had the team, the Ballbusters. It was an all-women's team. They were just rocking this this team of bros that you know probably saw a dodgeball tournament. And they can you know take on anybody and 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 win. So when they when they line up against six women, they probably thought, oh, this is an easy win. And my God, did they turn up the heat immediately? And they were just like destroying these kids, these lost little boys. And it was hilarious. And I just remember Jackie just running after one guy. Like just full, full, just crazy, you know, ferocious, about to just throw a six mile per hour ball at this guy. And this guy's just, he just turns his back and runs and just screams, she's coming. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like the funniest thing in the world just to watch that. I was like, yeah, that's right. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, you, just cause you're a dude doesn't mean you're going to do any better or worse than, um, you know, than, than the players here. So 
I, I love when people get get rocked like that and get get schooled. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, tangent there. Um, let's go back to. Okay, so you said that you were because I, I have two questions left. Yes. You have. Uh, you said you you're looking forward to playing dodgeball again. What are you doing in the meantime to get ready to get in shape? Like you you've got a lot so, of stuff in your head, but what about physically? What are you doing? Uh, physically, <clears throat> I haven't I haven't done as much. I've been starting to like eat healthier. Uh, right now, I'm on a no sweets, no cake, no cookies, and no it's fun. Girl Scout cookie season, which oh, is very painful. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah, man. I I have a sweet tooth, and I love junk food, and I live in New York where pizza and bagels run supreme also i am team taco i'm going to like that loud and clear i am team taco fine. um but like eating all of the carbs and it's just not good so i'm working on trying to eat count calories and you know cut the weight and get back down to you know i i want to be the skinny frankie and skinny ketchum of 2019 isn't that crazy how much weight those two have lost i mean a lot of oh, people yeah. are just slimming down and it's it's awesome but at the same time it's like well there goes the advantage i had over those guys <laughs> like yeah yeah that's it's incredible um yeah i mean those, those are good examples to to work towards very inspiring yeah definitely and that's and that's pretty much what my goals are for this year you know it's a lot you know it's harder in new york i feel because it's so cold out and it's like, ugh, I don't want to go to the gym. It's so cold. I don't want to, you know, trek there and it's so crowded. If I had like an, you know, an empty gym, I'd probably be a more, you know, all right, let's do it. And I'm right. also, I'm very cautious with running because I don't want to, like my knee gets sore very easily. And so like running, just running in general is a little painful sometimes. So I'm like, ugh, this is not good. I need to, you know, cut down so I can run and be used to this. Cause if I'm going to play eight, nine, 10 hours of dodgeball in a day, I need to be way more prepared than I am right now. No, absolutely. Especially if it's on the elite level, like it's just, it's just a requirement. You have to be able to hang. So yeah, <clears throat> you can't, uh, you can't just chill in the corner anymore and, you know, treat it like we would 10, 12 years ago. Um, okay, so this last question, uh, you probably know it's coming. Um, and I know we've covered a bunch of memories already, but what is like the most single best memory that you have to date? All things considered, what comes to mind that you just uh, get like the biggest I'll, warm feeling from? I'm going to go with my first championship with RoboCops. Okay. Um, it was the craziest play which we did. Uh, you know, it actually got, someone actually captured it on film which i didn't think was going to happen but somebody actually captured it and i basically ran in front of uh one of my teammates the ball like i went for the catch it was three or four v one the ball popped up someone else knocked it and then and then someone else caught it and it was just like it was our first time finally winning a championship and like we just went crazy and so that <laughs> is probably my favorite dodgeball memory to date that and i won my own championships like in new york um but that is probably my number one favorite memory that's awesome yeah you can't beat a you can't beat your first championship i don't think that's always going to be a great feeling oh yeah awesome well very cool man well i mean we're just 
itching past the or uh, edging past the uh, two hour mark. Um, I'm probably, sure we probably could have went longer. If we yeah, talked more. and that's why I got to stop myself now because I, I know we could <laughs> easily go into the three four. Hour. I mean, it's it's funny because like some people did talk about like how they don't like how long these episodes are, but. Man, you could put pause or push pause and uh, just let it accompany you for the whole week and just have Dominic in your head for a while. It's <laughs> worth it. I mean, there's, I feel like maybe we even covered 15% of what you can talk about. So I'd love to have you back on again. Um, yeah, definitely. Once, you know, once things get going and, you know, I can definitely catch up with a recap and, you know, maybe I could, uh, I'll, I'll, we'll give the teaser of my new project that I'm working on. I was going to uh, say, clue us in on some spoilers, not some spoilers, but, you know, just let us know you're up to some some good things. Oh, yeah. Well, you know about it, but, you know, yep. I can't can't fully talk about it yet, not until it's uh, ready to go. A few people know about it, but, uh, you know. Can't anger them. Definitely. I didn't give any, like, shout-outs to all the people, but, like, shout-outs to everyone who was super nice to me this year and, sure. you know, went out of their way to, like, thank me and, you know, come up to me and, you know, it's really it didn't go, it didn't go go unnoticed. It was really appreciated, and you know, everyone was really welcoming. I'm a huge, huge fan of the dodgeball community, and I really appreciated all of the players coming up to me and and thanking me and really appreciating everything. So, awesome. You know, props to all of you guys. For sure, man. Well, um, again, man, thank you so much for hopping on, and uh, we'll go ahead and stop the interview there. Alrighty, so that was uh, what I feel a pretty awesome interview. Um, definitely was easier on getting the cobwebs out, uh, talking to Dominic versus the recap. Um, but um, yeah, I was I was definitely saving you for uh, my season three opener, at least on the interview aspect. And I'm glad I did because my God, uh, there's just so much to cover. I I can't even imagine how much that we got out of you, um, considering everything that you've 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 done last year. And I'm just more and more excited for for the documentary. I also am glad that we're able to kind of talk a little bit more about the dodgeball community as a whole and not just the negativity that we see on Facebook. I know that that's definitely something that needs to be addressed, but at the same time, it definitely doesn't capture everyone. Um, There's a lot of greatness uh, that's going on within the community. And just be able to talk to somebody else that's producing content. Um, I I made the comment during the recap that was, was pretty cool sitting in a room with, uh, with Bill and Tyler and Joe, who are all taking it upon themselves to do something to give back to the community and to be able to hear that echoed in this interview has been pretty awesome because that that's just what's going to make Dodgeball that much better. And I know I say this all the time, but I, I truly mean it, and I'm probably going to harp on that until I am no longer doing the podcast. So um, that all being said, I did want to say thank you to everyone that submitted the questions um, and, and thank you for some of the people that were, you know, reaching out to me, asking me, when are you going to come back? Um, I definitely enjoyed my month break, but I think I'll move that break to December this coming year. Uh, there's just so much to cover and so much to talk about. I really, um, I really could have used January to, to plan, but, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, also huge thank you and shout out. I don't know if I'm going to use it this time, but, uh, thank you, uh, FM 84 for letting me use your music. Um, I cannot wait to start experimenting with another opening and closing song. And so, um, if you're listening to the new tune, um, please YouTube FM 84, they are phenomenal. Um, especially if you like the eighties synth wave movement that's going on, I, they are just rocking my world right now. But, um, yeah, I guess that all being said, again, thank you everyone for your support as always. Um, 
If you have feedback, questions, comments, let me know. Who would you like to see or hear rather on the upcoming episodes? I'll start posting my lineup, who I want to reach out to, and uh, we'll go from there. So have a great uh, rest of your Friday evening, a great weekend, and we'll catch you next time. And uh, no, for real, dude, um, that even though that was two hours, that flew right by. So, yeah, it did. I was like, I was like, oh man, it's midnight. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah. Hey, I'm hopefully gonna... your editor will appreciate it. I don't think I cursed too much. That was, that should be one of the easiest things to edit. I think there's like three areas where we had to stop and I had to recount, but everything was fine. So, um, yeah, I think you cursed once. I cursed after the fact and yeah. before. So I was, I was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sad that I'm becoming the more offensive one right now. <laughs>